Hey guys, what's going on? This is Rob Miller with the Rob Miller Podcast. Um, just wanted to start uh, today's episode by thanking my supporters and uh, everyone who uh, listened to the first podcast and has followed me on Facebook, on my Facebook page, and and uh, and, and is there is there helping me out? So I appreciate that. Um, for starters, we're going to talk about we're really only going to be talking about the Patriots and the Falcons game uh, tonight. And I'm really excited about it because these teams are kind of hot and cold when it comes to uh, primetime games. With Mac Jones, specifically with the Patriots, we don't know if he's really going to be stepping up in those types of scenarios big for the Patriots. And we can be, we can definitely be able to see that tonight, especially on the road and Typically, the Falcons are pretty good at home, especially in, on on Thursday night football, because right right now their their Thursday night football record, or with Matt Ryan as their starting quarterback, is seven and three since he's been in since he's been with the team, which is I mean his his best record um, in primetime games, and that's including postseason. His Sunday night football game record is five and four. Monday night football is six and six, and, po- and in the postseason he's four and six. So the fact that he has a seven and three record on Thursday night football is 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 great. Um, so far, you know, I've I've been going through Matt Ryan's stats and seeing if if he's is if he's on a down on a down slope and like almost on his way out of the NFL, or if he's still kind of in that limbo area of he can still play really well or He's like kind of hot and cold, hit or miss. He has his good games when, like, like a Kirk Cousins sort of thing, where he's only good like on Sundays in the middle of the day where no one's really watching or paying attention. But I mean, when he first started out in the league, he was barely barely losing two games at home. And now, within the last four years, he hasn't gotten over five wins in a, in a at home. So like 27 or 2017, five and three record at home, 2018, four and four, 2019, three and five, 2020 last season, last year, his absolute worst home record ever two and six at home. So I'm excited to see what Matt Ryan can still do, especially against the Patriots defense who absolutely obliterated a much better Cleveland Browns team what was supposed to be a much better Cleveland Browns team. That Browns team looked like the Atlanta Falcons did against the Cowboys and got obliterated. So they have a lot to build on. Looking to for, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to see if Matt Ryan and the Falcons can bounce back after that huge loss. They, they really need it if they want to try to contend, contend for a, a seventh seed. There's still a lot of football to be played, especially with that extra game, which is doesn't seem like a whole lot, but a game could really change the division. Now, I'm not saying they're going to take the division because the Bucks are just way too far ahead of them at this point. So, I, I, I mean, it would surprise me if the Falcons took the um, if they took the division away from the Buccaneers, because that would just mean that Brady is just playing like absolute crap. 
no one knows if that's even pop. No one knows if it's even going to happen. So, which honestly, I don't think it will. So, I'm not too worried about it. either way. Mac Jones, on the other hand, has been playing with a ton of confidence. He has a lot of potential, especially in Josh McDaniel's system. Right now, the Falcons' defense is allowing 7.3 yards a throw. And Mac Jones, I mean, has been playing kind of like Brady-esque when it comes to the Josh McDaniel system. Two and three yards down the field is all he really needs to throw it into the flats, to his running backs, swing passes, whatever. They're all right there. Within within five to seven yards, He's they're all right there. And then he just gives the ball to the playmakers, and then they do what they got to do. So it makes sense that the the Patriots have a much better shot at winning this game than the Falcons do, even though the Falcons are at home. But if last year has anything to say about it, the Falcons aren't going to win a very a, like abundance of games at home. I'd be surprised if they won too, with how they've been playing. I mean, right now they're only they're one in three. They're already halfway through their home games, and they're way below. 500. 25% right now at home. It's it's not good, and it's not looking good. So the Patriots were favored last week by two and a half points to the, to the Browns. And they came out and they walloped them. It was a big loss for the, for the Browns. But even more so... Now they're I'm looking I'm looking up the I'm right now I'm looking up the spread right now. Okay. Right now well, I know what to do. So right now the Patriots are favored by six and a half points on the road to the Falcons, which is which is really big because it's really saying that the Falcons have no strength at home and the Patriots have all the momentum at this point. And I mean, no one ever thought no one was no one's thinking that the Patriots, you know, with without Tom Brady. And without the weapons that they had, no one thinks that – no one was thinking that the Patriots were going to come in and, and do well this year. And they're, right now they're above 500. They are second in their division. And they're only a game behind the Bills. They're, I mean, they have the same amount of wins, but the Bills have a, a one last loss. And the Bills are – Three and zero in the division, rather than two and one to the for the Patriots. So they have a a very high potential of stealing this this division away from the Bills. As the Bills have to play like they did this past weekend, and they'll be fine. But they better watch out because it looks like Mac Jones is is playing. At a, at a very high level, very early, 
I mean, and, and their defense, the, the Patriots' defense is playing great football. Like, great football. So, they have, they definitely have a, a lot to continue to build on. I, you know, just, just, I mean, watching how Mac Jones has been playing has been great. He's thrown with a ton of confidence. He's, and it's not only that he's throwing the ball and making completions and giving the ball to the playmakers, but he's now throwing it more. They're, they're trusting him to throw it deeper now. And especially if you watch that Browns game, he's throwing, he threw like at least 10 balls over 20 yards. That's, that's great. That, sh- that shows that the, that the offense is trusting him now with more of the playbook. And they're trusting him with putting, like, throwing up 50-50 balls and creating big scenarios and big splash plays and stuff that's going to help the Patriots win more games. So my prediction for this game, I have the Patriots winning, winning by seven. And the only reason why I say it's by seven is because the Falcons will probably come back and in garbage time catch it up and it'll be I'll say thirty I'll say thirty-five twenty-eight is the final score. But it doesn't seem to me that the Falcons have a chance in this game. Simply because their defense is 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 allowing so many yards per pass, and that's not good going up against a, a Patriots defense that literally that's all they do. Now their run defense has has done better. They're 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 allowing four points four point two yards a carry, but so are the so are the Patriots. But I don't see who their run game is. They have uh, Cordero Patterson in their backfield for the Falcons. They don't. They, that's not how you win. You don't win football games by putting a by putting a receiver in your backfield to run the ball for you. If that's what you have going for you, you got you got some issues. They have to address that in the draft. They have to pull pull somebody out of free agency. I mean, the Ravens just dropped like they let Le'Veon Bell go. He was a Pro Bowler. He played great with Pittsburgh. Got a little money hungry. Went to the Jets. Then chased a ring. Went to the Chiefs. And then just wanted to play football again. Because they let him go after that because he barely did anything. Goes to the Ravens and has two touchdowns in the year. I mean, the Ravens desperately needed that. But Latavius Murray was able to come in and step up and make those plays and help them do very, very well. So the fact that they're willing to part ways with somebody like that, I think would be great. And then... I mean, the Ravens even have Devontae Smith, the former Falcons running back, who was on that Super Bowl roster. So now you're looking at a Pro Bowl running back in Le'Veon Bell who's worth, I don't know, worth, I'd say, like maybe $2 million bucks for for the rest of the year, maybe even in the following year. He's going to play. He wants to play. What happened to Todd Gurley? That was a huge ad for them, and 
they let him go to the wayside, and then they and then they released him. It's like, okay, well, what's the succession plan? We don't know. So, the Falcons need to figure something out in their run game if they want to have a good chance at this. Matt Ryan can't throw another forty passes. He's he's not his his passing passer rating right now is. 93.1. So it's not terrible, but I mean, 93. Mac Jones is at 94. It's not much, not much of an improvement, but it's definitely more. And you look at other other great quarterbacks, like Teddy Bridgewater is a 98 passer rating right now. Kirk Cousins 104. Carson Wentz 97. Dak Prescott 110. Kyler Murray, 110, and he's been injured. He's been out two weeks. Aaron Rodgers, 101. Baker Mayfield, 95. Justin Herbert, 96. Josh Allen, 99. Derek Carr, 97. My point. They have there's other quarterbacks that are doing very very well and they have great weapons around them. Carson Wentz has an immense talent behind him in Jonathan Taylor. Teddy Bridgewater has that rookie Johnson, I think his last name is. Great running back. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook's amazing as usual. Joe Burrow has 102 passer rating. Joe Mixon's playing phenomenal. Justin Herbert, 96. They've got Austin Eckler, Josh Allen, Zach Moss, and Devin Singletary. Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, 97. It's 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 more than it's more than just Matt Ryan too. Like Matt Ryan is is doing his best carrying a team that doesn't have a lot of potential at this point. What do they do well? Doesn't seem like a lot. They can pass the ball. That's kind of about it. They're not even in the top 10 for defense or for, for interceptions. Force fumbles. Not even in the top 10. They have eight. It's not bad. Fumble recoveries. How many, how many of those are they, are they recovering? Not very many. They only they missed three of them. No touchdowns off them either. Interceptions for touchdowns. Not in top ten. They have zero. They have zero. They have three picks. Three picks. Dallas has fourteen. Three of them for intercept. Three of them for touchdowns. And they're not even the number one team on. They're not even the number one defense for interceptions. This is Buffalo. So, 
the the Falcons need to figure something out if they want to win this game. Find some heart, some guts, some something. So I look forward to this game tonight. Um, and then on Saturday, I'm going to be coming back on here and posting another uh, podcast episode. We're going to go over the other primetime games, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. We're also going to be going over the game of the week and uh, one or two of the other early games. Um, I realized that the last last week's review of games was a little much for me, trying to take care of it all myself, especially last minute because I felt like I had to, I was doing it last minute. So I'm going to be making sure that I have a set number of games that I'm going to be going over just so I don't overwhelm myself and I can stay focused on whatever topics I'm going through. Because the last thing I need is to put forth a ton of effort into one game and none in another and completely mess up my mojo of how I want, how the flow of the episode I want to come through happens. So I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to be making sure I have my set games. I have set to uh, talking points, stuff like that. Um, now, uh, just to, to go over some other stuff, um, Chase Young, he has a torn ACL, so he'll be out for the rest of the season. It's a big blow for Washington. Um, and they're going up against Carolina, who they just signed Cam Newton, so they need some sort of pass rush. Without and Montez Sweat is out as well. So the fact that they don't have two of their outstanding defensive tackles in the game is going to really, really put a damper on that that Washington defense that already has not been playing well this year, despite being number two overall defense last year. So we'll see what they have. We'll see what what Washington has in store for Carolina. They're going to be in uh, Charlotte on Sunday and Ron Rivera has come out and he's talked about stuff that he um, he's preparing for. Um, he knows, he knows Cam very well, you know, obviously in, from their, from their teams uh, in Carolina together as the head coach and quarterback. And they had that Super Bowl run Cam's MVP season. And it's just been a little bit downhill from Cam. Now, if you know me and you've, heard how I like if you know how I feel about Cam you know that I I'm not a big Cam Newton fan he reminds me a lot of Russell Westbrook where he has he's very he's a very athletic player he can he can do a lot for your team but you don't really want to count on him in big moments because he doesn't perform he's very inaccurate he's very inconsistent when it comes to big things he can make them he can make the plays I've seen him make outstanding, great plays when it comes to big moments. I remember a few years ago in his, in his MVP year, they showed up to Seattle. Seattle had drove down the field to go up, and they only had like a minute or so, a minute and a half left in the game. And Camden drove down the field, had a huge touchdown pass to Greg Olson in the end zone to, to, seal, or to take the win from Seattle. And I can, I know that he's a, he's capable of those things. 
but there's there's a big if factor when it comes to Cam Newton and his consistency and his reliability. And because he's such a big guy and he's so fast and so athletic, people want to people gang tackle him to bring him down. Like you kind of have to, regardless, regard like and and just stepping away from the him sliding and you know giving himself up and so on. He wants to make the play, extend the play, get that first down, get that touchdown in in short yardage, to where he puts his body up for dangerous hits, and that's honestly on him, and that's why, you know, the year after he won the Super Bowl or he lost the Super Bowl. And that whole year where he was battling injuries and complaining about people targeting him and so on and so forth, it's not that. They're not targeting him on purpose. He's putting himself in a bad situation, or he was putting himself in a bad situation that caused them to go, like, for that to happen. Because you see it in every single game, especially nowadays, because it's because replays are so overplayed and they're, and they're so fine tuned and, and nitpicked when it comes to certain things for penalties, for. Uh, turnovers and so on that you see what happens with these players yes you yes it it seems like oh well he he could have slowed down here he could have done this he could have done that but in the in the moment of the game in the heat of the moment you see these players doing what they feel like they have to do not on purpose I'm, I'm saying like he's gonna he's gonna like well i feel like i had to like hit him in the head I'm saying like he's trying to go for the tackle, but they both put their heads down, not even realizing that, and they collide heads. That's not that's not on Cam. That's not on the defender. He's putting his head down to get lower, because when you're taught as a as a as a young as a young man playing football, and you're you know when you're a kid and going through high school and college, lowest man wins the game. Lowest man always wins. At least that's what I was taught. But I was also always taught to keep your head up so you know what's going on, so you can see what's going on. As hard as it may seem, you may try it at home or whatever, but you know that the lowest man wins the battle. So if Cam's doing that, if Cam wants to do that and, and put his shoulder down and, and push through the defensive line and you know try and shed that tackle from that linebacker, you know, stiff arm the the safety or whatever he's trying to do to get in the end zone, get the first down, don't put your head down. Don't don't put yourself in a dangerous position. Your job is to be on the field reliable every single down of the offense. That is your job. That is what you are supposed to be there for. So if you want to put yourself in a dangerous position to possibly get hurt because you feel like you're the only person on the team that can do that, Sure, by all means, don't come crying to me if you get hurt. That's not on me. If I'm your coach and you do that, and I've, and I've told you countless times, do not put your head down. Don't put yourself in a bad situation. But you want to do it anyway and get hurt, don't come crying to me. Because I don't feel sympathy for you because you don't listen. And then he goes to New England and tries to play in a system that doesn't really fit him. He, he plays well for the first couple of games, but then he's got all this drama around him. He's got this character that he has to portray, 
And it's like, well, it doesn't really fit. It never fit for me. I never, I, it never made sense to me why he went to New England. But I'm back. I'm glad he's back in Carolina, back where you know his 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 original stomping grounds in the NFL. It's great for him. And and like I said, he's a very athletic player. He can he's capable of making big great plays. But I hope that he's learned that you can't just run around and expect to get treated like Tom Brady when you act like Johnny Manziel. So, going back to my original statement of what Ron Rivera is preparing for, because he was his coach, Ron Rivera to Cam Newton, Ron knows his tendencies and so on, so I expect him to have some sort of divisive plan about what he, what they can manipulate to make Cam look small in the in, in on the big stage. I mean, it's not a prime time game, but at the same time, it's a it's the big stage of the NFL. So. Ron Rivera, I think, will pull the win out. Because Taylor, I mean, if they can beat Brady and, and the Bucks and I mean, maybe the refs if they if they if it felt necessary, then I think they can beat Carolina. It might be close, but I don't think Carolina's gonna destroy or, or blow out the, the Washington football team. So like I said, devastating loss for them, for Washington, for for losing Chase Young. Uh, it's quite unfortunate that they that they that they lose him, and um, we hope a speed a speedy and healthy recovery for him. So that way that that defense can be very viable next season, with Chase Young leading the way. So now. Uh, I kind of want to talk about Russell Wilson some more just because, I mean, he's my quarterback, and uh, I really believe that he should have at least sat one more week. Uh, I was reading an article today, this morning, about we think that Jamal Adams has – saved the Seattle Seahawks from trading away their quarterback. Reasoning because they don't have they don't have a first round draft pick for the next two years for Jamal Adams. So they have to they have to try to hold on to hold on to Russell Wilson just to make sure that they try to figure out see if they can make, you know have another Super Bowl run. With the offensive line that they have, the running back inconsistency that they have, the attitude that DK Metcalf has, and how poorly the defense plays, there's they might as well do a, have a rebuild for that defense. Uh, I mean, in my personal opinion, I felt like they should have retained KJ Wright. He's an outstanding player, helped a lot with the run, was a great pass rusher, 
even though he's an outside linebacker. And he stayed he, – he was outside linebacker, but he primarily stayed in the, in the middle of the field. He didn't – he didn't really rush the passer that much, but when he did, he did very, very well, and he stopped a lot of um, swing passes and had a lot of tackle for losses, and he played just amazing football when he was with us. So, but I do like our addition with Jordan Brooks. He's played great football. I see a lot of potential in Jordan Brooks, and I think that he is really preparing himself to be a great replacement for Bobby Wagner whenever he retires, if he ever retires within the next five years or so, and stuff like that. So, and then, and then you know, with the retention of Carlos Dunlap, that's big for us too, because he... He's been playing very, very well. He actually gets the quarterback rather than Jadavian Clowney, who rushes and, and, and causes a little disruption in the pocket, but never gets the sack. That year he was with us, he never seemed to get a sack for us. Like I watched every game that year, and I did not, like I said, I didn't see a single sack he recorded. And if he did, seldomly, one, maybe two the whole year. So, with him being with with Carlos Dunlap being now our our main pass rusher, our big time defensive player on the defensive line, we I feel like we need another player on the other side, another like we're I mean hoping for an Aaron Donald S type player in the front, like right on the nose, to really do a lot of damage when it comes to getting to the quarterback or, you know, stuffing the, the defensive or the offensive line to prevent big run plays. And then it just happens. And then just the play calling at that point seems to me like Carroll probably has to go soon. If not the end of this year, if they don't, if they don't produce any sort of playoff win, the end of next year, Seattle hasn't won a playoff game since two years ago, 2019. And they only beat the Eagles, and they weren't that great either. They beat Josh McCown. That, you know, it wasn't great. It was it was very ugly. So, Russell Wilson is frustrated, and we all know it. He knows it. He doesn't want to admit it because he doesn't want to cause dysfunction in the locker room and cause even more problems and get even more angry. Which I understand. But then you have the attitude of DK Metcalf too. You can call it what you want, passion, which is what Russell calls it. You can call it uh, frustration, which is what the the announcers called it, and what these reporters were calling it. His attitude. He's got an attitude problem. He's a great player. I love DK Metcalf. He, he like when he is on fire, he's it's impossible to put him out. So him playing as well as he does still to me doesn't warrant an attitude that he, you know, I understand it's, it, it sucks losing, but perfect your craft. He said, he said 
by like week two or three, he says, I'm not going to let the trash talking get to me anymore. Okay, cool. But then he goes out against the Packers, and near the end of the game is grabbing their face mask in front of the rest? What are you doing? I understand you're tired of losing, but that doesn't win you. That, that's not going to win you a football game. That's not going to put your team in a better position to win. You catch the balls that are thrown to you. You get open to help your quarterback get out of a sticky situation when it comes to when it comes to him running out of the pocket because it seemed like they were doing there was a lot of that too. That game against Green Bay, Russell looked like he was more willing to run the ball than throw it. I don't know if it was because he felt his finger was still hurting, but he wants to say, you know, wants to be tough and show that, you know, my finger felt fine. Or if his finger really was fine, but he's not trying to force it down the field because no one's open. And the Packers were out were out there number one corner. And they still couldn't get open. And when they did, they dropped the ball. And then they couldn't run the ball because Chris Carson's consistently injured. What's going to happen? What, what do you think is going to happen with them? I think I think we should get rid of Chris Carson. He's a great back, but he's always injured. And then he should be coming up on a contract extension or a new contract, and he's going to be expensive, which we can't afford that. We put so much money in Jamal Adams and Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. We're going to have to pay DK soon because he's, he's coming up on his next year. going to be his fourth year in the NFL. Who knows if we're going to have a fifth-year option or he's going to get picked up for his fifth-year option. Actually, no, he can't because he wasn't uh, first round. He wasn't a first-round uh, pick. But my point is, is that DK is going to be expensive. Jamal's already expensive. Russell's already expensive. Dwayne Brown needs to be expensive, even though he's been hot, or, hot and cold this whole season. Injured, not injured, playing great, not playing great. And it's not like our our, our schedule is hard. So. I um I think Seattle's in for a rude awakening this year. They're going to have to, you know, tank. I'm not saying tank the season. They, they better not. But they really need to figure out what what is going on with the play calling, with the chemistry and everything. I'm 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 expecting a big bounce back this year or this week, honestly specifically because of how bad of a loss it was. And we don't even know if Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are going to be playing next week either. And if it's Colt McCoy again, I have a strong feeling Seattle's going to have a nice bounce-back win. And honestly, because it's a division game, and we always are, like, we are always neck-and-neck neck with the Cardinals when it comes to uh, uh, you know face-to-facing each other, I, I can still see a pull, I, we can pull out a win. Russell will be back all all week with practice and actually taking first team reps. They can really sit down and focus and and play hard 
NFC West game that they they always have. They always have like really tough games. Especially when it matters. Like this matters for the Seahawks. They need a win. They need this win. And so yeah. Russell yeah, Russell definitely wants to win these games and he's gonna be back, you know, full practice, ready to play. So it's going to be a really exciting uh, game for Seattle against Arizona. It's going to be away, so I think that they'll probably play a little bit better just because it's a bounce-back game more, more than anything, but because it's the way they need they need a statement win, especially against the the Cardinals. You know, they, you know they're leading the division, and so they, they kind of need they kind of need a a good win here. So, but. I'm going to sign off for today. Thanks for tuning in to Rob Miller Podcast. Uh, like I said, on Saturday, we're going to be only posting another video, going, you know, posting another episode to go over the primetime games that are going to be this weekend, um, Sunday night and Monday night. And then we're going to be talking about a couple of the other games that are going on on Sunday. We'll get to the rest of the games simply because there's going to be a little bit too much for me. And uh, we'll go from there. All right. Well, hope to hear from you and see if you guys next time.